What are you saying? Hey. Oh man, it's been so long, Dan. <laughs> we uh, we've definitely got the rhythm of missing things out, haven't we? We have, but it's so hard. I mean, you know, with lots going on in our our lives, and also it's really difficult to find a break between football games of recent. You know, normally like there's a few games, and then there's a moment or a day or two to talk about the games that have just happened. But there's like games every day at the moment. Yeah, it's actually a game on right now. <laughs> oh yeah, there is, there is, and you know, it's actually a, it's actually not, well, it's not too bad, but the result. I'm happy with that now. End it now. Well, it's funny actually because uh, I um, completely forgot about this game. If I'm completely honest, I I sorted out my fantasy football team as you do earlier today, and thought, yeah, sort it out on Friday because it's a Friday night game. And then I just got caught up playing Spider Man um, on the PS5 and getting really into it. See, I'm gutted because I didn't sort out my fantasy team even after me and you spoke, and I've still got Calvert Lewin. Oh man. He's very injured again. So Dan, so much to catch up on. So much football has happened. Um, I I wrote some sort of extensive notes over the weekend of the games, but that feels like so far in the past now. So I guess what would be good is to just kind of have a, a general look at the, as we sort of close in on the season, we can look at the Premier League table. There's There's not really a title race, I don't think. I think Man City have won that. But there is a race for the Champions League spots, which is quite exciting. Um, and somewhat a race for relegation. Not that anyone's trying to get relegation, but it's a race no, for it. No, no, certainly. It's the um, well. I, I'm just listening. Actually, Sheffield United can get relegated this weekend. Oh, really? I mean, they got relegated in December, didn't they? Really? <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Really, when you think about it. Well, then they're, they're officially not as bad as that Derby side that yeah, went down I mean, with got, thirteen. You've got to go some to beat that Derby side, though, haven't you? Do you remember any of the players from that Derby side? Uh, Robbie Savage. Oh, he's the yeah, he's the notable one. I can't um, think of any others. Did Kieran Richardson? No, Kieran Richardson famously saved West Brom that season. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Them, oh, hold on. You're thinking of Derby County players you, now. You know them whole. The streets won't forget. I bet there's a couple of them players. <laughs> the for the wrong reasons. Cult heroes. For the wrong reasons. What's the blame? You might hear text uh, keyboard bashing in the background. I am trying right, to. Right, you ready? You got the players? Yeah. Go on, hit me with some. Right. There was just no one. Robbie, Robert Earnshaw. Oh, Robert Earnshaw. He, that did, he did the original crooked. Um, what did he do? Or did he do a front flip? He had some sort of celebration that was sort of Robbie Keane esque. He used to do the front flip, yeah. Ah, uh, and he, he looked like he looked like a dwarf, but he was wasn't a dwarf, but he was quite short. <laughs> Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller, another goal scoring machine. Rangers, Scotland. 
Yes. Um, These are great players. Alan Stubbs. Hmm. Can't say I remember Stubbs. Stubbsy. Uh, Stubbsy. Uh, <laughs> Stubbsy. Stubbsy. Um, Jay McEverly. Michael Johnson. Jamaican international Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. The only name that springs to mind is the, the 200 and 400 metre runner that used to run like a chicken. That's the guy that does BBC, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Okay. I'm Darby counting on you. <laughs> dreadful. That's <laughs> dreadful. Um, no, that is the right one. That is the right one. I can't see Robbie, Robbie Savage on here, though, for some reason. I'm pretty sure because he always gets rinsed for it on... Um... The various yeah because he was number four yeah I don't know well we digress um, yes Sheffield yes. United are, are definitely going to get relegated well I mean let's let's start at the bottom of the Premier League then uh, West Brom do they have a chance Dan? oh do you know what if they didn't have anyone if they had anyone else but Sam Allardyce I would I would say no but because he's there yes I think they do have a chance well it's yeah. It's really difficult because it almost feels too little too late. Um, and when Sam Allardyce first came in, the talk wasn't that he's going to save him. The talk was, I mean, he's inherited a really bad club. Even he didn't know how bad it was. But, I mean, they beat Chelsea recently. Um, didn't they win again recently? I can't remember their score yeah. at the weekend. Yes, yes, they won 3-0. There you go. They're, not only are they winning, they're looking actually like they're playing quite good football. Yeah, they beat Southampton, which isn't, you know, it's a big win for them. Can, mm. I, can I just point out just just quickly, sorry, that Sheffield United could still have less points than Derby County. Derby finished with 13, right? Did they? I thought they finished with 20. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I think Derby County finished with 20, my friend. The 07-08 season. Yes. They finished with 11. Did they? Yeah, I've just checked it. Stop. They finished with 11 points. Went down as Birmingham. 11. Yeah, Birmingham City. They won one game all season, drew eight, and lost 29. Oh, I feel physically sick. Yeah. Oh, that's grim. Okay, yeah. No, all right, my bad. They had four Jamaicans in their team. Five Jamaicans. That's why they went down. Five Jamaicans. They had five Jamaicans in their team. That is exactly why they got relegated. Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so sorry. My bad. Um, West Brom, I think they could. I certainly think they could. I think that, you know, the purple patch that they're in at the moment. I think if they can win two more games and get to 30 without Newcastle really pick up a point, mm -hmm. I think they've got a great chance. Um, because as I've said all along since the start of the season, Newcastle are going to struggle. <laughs> that is absolutely not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
Fulham, I think, will go down. Yeah. You feel kind of sorry for Fulham because they're, they're like a really good championship club. Yeah. But they're somewhere, they're sort of like the Robbie Earnshaw of clubs. Like a top, no. top goal scorer every season in the championship comes up to Cameron the Premier League. Jerome. Yeah, Cameron Jerome. Cameron Jerome was the perfect championship striker and the shittest Premier Actually, he wasn't the shittest Premier League striker. But he was, he weren't great. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, that, I think that's Fulham, unfortunately. I mean, fair play to them. They're going to be, I think, the first Premier League, well, they're not going to be in the Premier League next season, but they are one of the first clubs to have a swimming pool um, built into the stadium. And it's built in such a way that apparently, this is hearsay, I'm not sure how true this is, but you can have a swim whilst watching the game at Craven Cottage. That's what's going to happen once they finish the air, uh, that side of the, the stand. Doesn't that feel a little bit Fulham to you, though? You know, it's quite posh, isn't it? It's quite a well-to-do area. It is quite Fulham, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think that's it now. I think anything that's slightly po- like instead of like posh spice, it should be like Fulham spice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're saying Fulham are going down. West Brom could save save it, and if they do, that's obviously you just suggested at the expense of Newcastle, who actually have Saint Maximan and Callum Wilson coming back into form at quite an ideal time for them? I mean, it's what they've needed, isn't it? Mm. It's what they've needed. Um, The fact that Callum Wilson's come back from injury Mm. is huge. Yeah. And it could be the thing that saves them. It could be. Mm. Um, Because now they don't have to rely on Joel Linton. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not good enough I think that's putting it polite I mm. think he's just shit yeah um, but yeah like a new car like I said since the start of the season they're going to struggle <laughs> and it's you know I just don't have to look to it really just yeah they, they've been like probably we talk a lot about Leeds being one of the most exciting teams to watch this season I think on the other hand Newcastle have been some of like the least exciting. Um, apart yeah. from when St. Maxman's on the pitch, because he's like, super exciting to watch. Yeah, but it kind of kills me because like the, you know, I've, I have a bit of a soft spot for Newcastle mm-hmm. growing up. When we, when we were growing up, they were, they were good. Yeah, Alan Shearer days. Do you know what I mean? Alan Shearer, Kieran Dyer, Lauren Robert. Mm. Like, you had loads of players that were really, really good. Mm. And, They've just sort of, and that they, you know, they they got an iconic stadium. Like Geordies breathe football; they live and breathe it. Mm. And like just for them, it would be great for them to be decent. But they're sat there watching shit all the time, mm. and you know there is no. There doesn't look like there's any attacking. Prowess, despite the fact that you've got Saint Maximan, Callum Wilson, Miguel Almiron, mm. who you know is not a bad player. Do you think Steve Bruce is a bit? How can I put this? So, where I work, there are certain people who are a little bit older, um, and a bit lazy. Not, oh, I don't want to say lazy, but like they've been doing it so long that they're not really trying to go above and beyond and be innovative. They're just trying to keep things ticking over. 
Um, and I wonder if Steve Bruce is just trying to keep things ticking over. He's not really thinking about making the club better per se. He's not thinking about ways to innovate tactically. He's just like, I'm just doing what we're doing. I'm just keeping this, keeping this ship afloat. I don't think that it is down to Steve Bruce not wanting to do that. I just think Steve Bre- Steve Bruce is safe. Okay. And I think that where Steve Bruce is concerned, he's not going to go out there and play expansive football. Mm. He's not going to be overly attacking. He's a safe manager. Mm. And with safe managers, you get boring. It, You know, the issue of being boring. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, he doesn't... When you think of Steve Bruce, you don't think of one dedicated style. Mm-hmm. You don't think of a, a system that he plays. It's just a Steve Bruce team. Mm. I can't think of a Steve Bruce team that was actually exciting. Um, he's been around the... Who's he managed? I know he's managed, obviously... Um, Birmingham Hull. Birmingham City, yeah. Birmingham and Hull are the two that spring to mind. And neither of them were, like, really amazing. Uh, did he manage Blackburn? Hold on. I'm going to have to have a little Wikipedia, and A little wiki. A little, a little wiki-dicky. Wiki-dicky. Connor Wickham. A little wiki-dicky. Uh, so he has managed. Wow, you ready? Okay, hit me. Sheffield United, Huddersfield, Wigan, Palace, oh, Wigan, yeah. Birmingham, Wigan, Sunderland, Hull City, Aston Villa, Sheffield Wednesday, and Newcastle United. He's not really. I don't know. He's like. <laughs> I'm trying to compare him to like a player who's played for loads of clubs but never really achieved anything. Oh. Oh, I want to let's be controversial and say um, who has played for loads of teams and not really done much? Uh, mm, who's floated about the t- mm. biggest journeyman? That's a question for the uh, for the listeners. Who's the the biggest? Let's keep it in in Premier League. Biggest Premier League journeyman. Oh. Um, how many seasons has Mitrovic played for? Just like three, in it. Two, isn't it? Fulham and Newcastle. Yeah, that's not a proper journeyman. I've just quickly googled right. biggest journeyman in football history, and number one, Jefferson Louis. Is he the same Jefferson Louis that played for Oxford United? Yes. Is he really a massive journeyman? Oh my god! It's pretty much I've just opened up his page on Wikipedia, and he hasn't stayed at a club for more than two years or a year. Between two thousand and two and two thousand and seven, he played for like twelve teams. Yeah, unbelievable. Never played in the Premier League. What a journeyman! He even played for Oxford City a couple of years ago. Remember when his bum was on BBC TV? No, I don't. I, that's not something that I really recall. It was, uh, here's the story. So I it was Oxford, you know, I remember this vividly, obviously growing up near Kassam Stadium. Um, so <laughs> Oxford United playing Swindon Town in the FA Cup. 
must be like third round or something. And you know, they always, BBC always choose a game to televise and they televised the Oxford Swindon game. Um, Oxford won 1-0, Jefferson Lewis scored the goal. And um, after the game, they were doing the draw for the next round. And Oxford United drew Arsenal at, um, I think it might have been Highbury at the time. And obviously they cut to the Oxford United changing room to see the players' reaction of them being drawn against Arsenal. And half of them are naked because it's a changing room. <laughs> and Jefferson Louis jumps up and is screaming, yeah, oh my God, we got Arsenal, this is great, with his bare bottom on the screen oh, in the middle no. of the day. That was, yeah, that's how I remember the story. <laughs> oh no. They've had a mare there. Why would they put, why would they do, honestly, dreadful times. Right, moving swiftly on. Yeah. Moving swiftly on from insulting Steve Bruce. You know, a quick a quick little mention that I think Burnley are going to be fine. Brighton are going to be fine. Southampton are going to be fine. I'm so shocked to see Southampton right down there. Remember at the start of the season, they were real, you know, doing yeah, really, really well. I don't think they'll be fine next season because I think Danny Ings might leave. He has to, really. Um, and then I think that there'll be a bit of an issue. Mm. Um, I was listening to a um, national sports radio station yeah. the other day and they were talking about Roy Hodgson and Palace and they brought up, you know, about how he's actually doing. You know, Palace in middle of the road, they're not really, you know, they're never really that, you know, they're never going up, you know, they're never going high in the league and they're sort of normally safe from relegation. Mm-hmm. Should they be aiming for more than that with some of the players they have? I mean, Aberi Eze and Wolf Saha are two of the most exciting players in the in the league, you know, on their day. Hmm. And I feel as though they could be better. Obviously, obviously they're hindered because they're signing players that probably you knew you knew that were going to struggle from the start, like Mishibachuai. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, you said Batshuayi would finish top goal scorer this season. Uh, no, 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 I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> you said um, he would have a really good season and uh, score lots yeah. of goals. And so you know, because of because you know they're signing players of that caliber, they're always going to struggle. Um, but how um, how do you feel about Palace? Do you think that they're um, they they're just a middle of the road team to me? Yeah, they are. And it's interesting you say that because, yeah, they do have a few good players who arguably could play above themselves, above where they're currently at. But you look at the Premier League and the standard of the Premier League in general has gone up. Like every team has a couple star players, at least a couple players, you know, represent their country. And I think almost every team has a player you look at and think could play for a much bigger club in every team in the Premier League, I think. Does that, does that really mean anything now? Like, you look at some of these countries and some of them, like England, for instance, you know, you've got players playing from that should be, shouldn't be near that side. What, the, are you talking about the England national team? Yeah. Um, I always used to have this argument that Liverpool got so many at nationals and things like that, but I sort of think to myself, well, actually... Jake Livermore was a start in England centre midfielder for quite some time. Now Jake's not a bad player, mm. but he's not he's not England quality. Yeah. I've said Jake there. I've said Jake like we're mates. 
Yeah. I wouldn't want to be mates with Jake Livermore. He looks like a bit of a prick, to be fair. Um, oh, look at you coming up with these oh, stigma <laughs> I feel the same about Calvin Phillips, actually. I don't... I, it's just that there's not many England players that play that position, but I don't actually think he's yeah. that good. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's an interesting point um, on on Palace and on. I guess the the ultimate question is how important, how significant is having good players anymore? Every team has good players, and every team has players that play internationally. It doesn't really mean that the team's good. Um, I don't really know how to feel about Palace. I yeah. I think that I wouldn't even call them middle of the road. I would say they're sort of bottom half, but always safe. They're kind of like down there with Burnley. Yeah. They're like a more glamorous Burnley. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. So, so moving, moving on to the Midlands, mm-hmm. um, you got Wolves and Villa. Now, now Wolves have struggled like mad about Jimenez. Yeah, they they no longer have Pedro Neto. I think he's up for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's quality. Um, I can see them falling because going forward, I don't actually think they're that great. I'm not sold on William. William Jose. Yeah, I'm not sold on Fabio Silva, mm-hmm. and I think Armitra. Adama Traore is good, but he's an even better impact sub. I think he went to what he thought was rugby training and turns out it was football. But before he got the chance to tell the boss, oh, actually, it was too late. I reckon he's actually just a rugby player. Have you seen him play for Barcelona, though? He's a little bit scrawny. Yeah, he apparently doesn't do weights, which I think is absolute bull. He must do weights. He's got to do weights. But, I mean, the reason I say that is because he's he's very obviously very fast and very strong. But um, sometimes he kicks the ball and he doesn't look like a footballer. Sometimes his decision-making is just like, what What are you doing? <laughs> it, but, do, you remember, do you remember people used to say that Theo Walcott's just a, a sprinter with football boots on? Yeah. Sometimes you get that impression, but every so often, both of them, in fact, pull something out of the bag that you actually think, oh, actually, that's naughty. Well, he, he did score the winner at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Really, just Spain international. Like, you're, you're saying this guy's a rugby player. He's a Spain international now. Hmm. I haven't made my mind upon him, man. Like... He's certainly not worth the money that's been touted around for him. But, do you know what I mean? This is why I talk about international football not being the BL and Endo anymore. Mm. Because, you know, there's not the calibre. But, uh, and, and Villa, Villa have dropped off. Yeah, Villa, is, but equally, you know, Villa have, have lost their talisman in Jack Grealish. No, and I, and, and I get that. I think the thing that bemuses me is that Ross Barkley doesn't start for them. I thought he was really good before his injury. I think uh, Barkley's the kind of player that needs good players around him to look good. Um, and I think, again, losing Grealish, you lose a bit of Barkley. <sighs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe to a degree. 
I do feel as though that they are um they I mean they're good going forward and they're not too bad at the back either. I think I'm a little bit surprised by this. I really like their squad. Yeah, it's I think, I think for the type of team that they are, you know, coming up and whatnot. Grealish, Barkley, Consa. I'm I'm not I'm not overly sure to be honest, but I like Consa. El El Ghazi's sort of turned up a few times as well. I see, yeah, it's another one I'm not a massive fan of. Trezeguet. I quite like I quite like Matt Target, and I've got a lot of time for John McGinn. Yeah, McGinn's the guy. McGinn just something about McGinn. He just like, he just gets the job done. Gets stuck in, yeah. doesn't mind. You know what I mean? McGinn's the kind of guy I can imagine self-taught himself how to fix bikes when he was like 13. Yeah. And used to charge his mates to fix their bikes for them. Just gets the job done, you know what I mean? Doesn't mind getting oily hands. Have you just made that up then? I've just made that up, yeah. <laughs> it's impressive. It's impressive. Your, your imagination has no bounds. Yeah. Do you want me to try the next one? Go on. <laughs> Right, yeah, hit me with a hit me with a player. Um, let's go. Is it Traore? Is that his name for Aston Villa? Bertrand. Bertrand Traore, yeah. Yeah, so he was a he was a semi professional juggler. <laughs> um, up until he was fourteen. Um, until he found one of uh, Delia Smith's cookery books, and then that just took him. That just took him. Like he now specialises in pastries. Um, and he's a sous chef at one of them big restaurants. How was that? I'm speechless. Thank you. Thank you. Do what I can. Do what I can. Bring you some joy to your life. Um, right. Moving into the, you know, top 10. At 10, Leeds United. They need to win some sort of award for entertainment value for this Premier League mental, season. Though, isn't it? it is mental. Like they are weird. Yeah, it's it's I excuse me, what I really admire um about Leeds is regardless of who they're playing against, they play their way. And yeah. their, their way is most effective against teams that are technically better than them. Um like the city result, is that what you're saying? Like the city result. Like even in the first game of the season they like looked dangerous against Liverpool, who at the time no one thought were beatable. Um They've, yeah, they they score goals. They concede lots of goals, um, but they're going to lose to like your Southamptons, and they might lose to a Crystal Palace. But they're playing Liverpool this weekend, and I think they could cause an upset. Yeah, just because that's just Leeds, Stuart Dallas. What a guy, Rod. I think, what's his name? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that they always have that opportunity to do. They, they have the opportunity to beat Man City away mm-hmm. and lose to Sheffield United at home. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a betting man, you don't bet on Leeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unpredictable, but equally extremely exciting. I've got a yeah. lot of time for Leeds, man. I, I do. I have quite... I've enjoyed the whole story of them sort of being absent from the Premier League for so long and they used to be a big club and financial crisis meaning they went down and their return and like I want them to be a mainstay I don't want them to be one of those 
Robbie Earnshaw clubs like Fulham. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And like I think Leeds, I think the same with Newcastle. I love Leeds because of what they used to be. Mm. You know, when they reached the semi-final of the Champions League, you know, Harry Kuehl and Rio Ferdinand. Viduka, Strongbow sponsor. Oh, the Strongbow shirt. Yeah. Wow. But no, no, I think you have to applaud for Bielsa for what he's done. I think, you know, good side. They are a good side. Mm. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal are just crap. <laughs> I, I don't know. Arsenal are funny, man. I don't really know what to say about Arsenal. Um, even Arsenal fans have accepted that they're not a big club anymore. I don't know. I, feel, I still think there's a lot of delirium in regards to Arsenal. I still think that they they think that they're the best thing since sliced bread. Someone said recently about Arsenal, which I found quite funny. Um, They're talking about Saka and how he's sort of become their talisman out of nowhere. They said Saka has walked into Arsenal to do an internship and he's come out as the CEO. He didn't plan to. (laughs) And like that sort of sums up Arsenal, like someone who is just a pretty keen, you know, intern come in. I'm going to make loads of people tea for a couple of weeks just be nice yeah. to everyone and hopefully get a job at the end and like he's walked into the company and no one's actually capable of doing their work anyway so this intern fresh out of college um knows best as it happens um, it's bad isn't it like you can see like Ozil vibes with Aubameyang can't you oh absolutely like, he signed the ting and then that was it like it's just actually do you know what I'm earning my 350 that's me done like cheers mm. but but on the bright side Alex Lacazette scoring but he's he's missing a lot of chances as well I mean he's, he's interesting because he might score some goals like his positional play I guess is is fairly decent he's gets into good positions but he does miss some he just misses some attempts, as in like, you know, the the time he, I can't remember if he won the penalty or not, but the way he's, yeah, I think he did win the penalty, but he swung his foot and completely missed it. And for yeah. someone playing at that level, like you just, you shouldn't really be yeah. slicing balls like that. And Lacazette's sort of prone to, to doing that still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but still, I still think that, you know, his goal scoring repertoire at the moment is... um. It's decent. They never should have got rid of Giroud. No, no, I don't think they should have. I don't think they should have. I think that's mad. Yeah, Arsenal. (laughs) I just find it funny. I guess I know a lot of Arsenal fans, so their demise as a Man United fan, I I just find quite entertaining. I'm trying to be really, I'm trying to be really like sensible about this um, because I feel like maybe I've been a little bit outspoken about Arsenal in the past. Yeah. Um, but you've hit the nail on the head. They they're just a, like they're relying on guys that are like eighteen, nineteen to drag them through a tough period. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't even think Mikel Arteta is that great anyway. I I think you know rightly so he should be given time to you know maybe produce something, but I don't really think he will. 
Yeah, only time will tell with that one. It's it's a tough one because you don't want to write off Arteta because he's so new to this. Um, not everyone hits the ground running, especially with a sort of club in decline, which Arsenal is. They're North London rivals, Spurs. I genuinely think Mourinho, for all his, what's the word, for his record of whatever being one of the great managers, I think he's doing the Mourinho thing again. At the last however many clubs he's been at, it happened with Real Madrid, it happened with Manchester United, it happened the second time round with Chelsea. And I think it's just happening at Tottenham. He just, his ego ruins the club. And although they may win a League Cup or, I don't know, a Europa League or an FA Cup or just one of these little cups, overall, he leaves clubs in a worse state than he entered them. Is Harry Kane going? He he should, but I'm not sure if he will. So, like, I think that they'll beat City. In the, what, League Cup final? Yeah. Um... But, and I don't know why, you know, they're currently losing to Everton. Oh, what is it? They scored again, Everton? Yeah, Sigurdsson scored a second. Oh my goodness. But I think they'll beat them. Mm. Um, I think Kane needs to move on. Mm. Um, because I've, I'd like to see him stay in the Premier League still. Because he's, I'd like to see him get close to breaking Shearer's record. He's got to join United. No, he hasn't. But who else is he going to? Man City? Yeah. He can go to City. He could go to Chelsea, maybe. No, he's got to come United. Um, but I I thought this would be a different Mourinho stance because they've got a lot of... I still think Spurs have got a good squad. Um, I think defensively, you know, they're not that great, but attacking-wise... Going forward, they've got a lot of quality. Which is, I think is the most disappointing thing for me because I, unless I'm under illusions, I thought the, the Mourinho that come in for the first time round at Chelsea wasn't very, wasn't greatly defensive. Mm. He built it on sort of like efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, their teams were efficient. They knew how to win and they'd done it. This now just seems like it doesn't matter who they're playing, but a backward step will be taken. I think I genuinely think his ego's got the best of him. Like even the game at the weekend, they they lost to Man United, and Man United played well, but I think more so Tottenham just didn't look like they wanted it. And I, I always I love I really enjoy watching how the players react to their teammates to their manager at the end of the game when like you know the manager hugs his players and embraces them and stuff you really get an idea of how much there's a sort of unity in the club um and more so actually watching Mourinho try and embrace his former United players um and them just sort of completely rejecting his advances and sort of being like you're like you're dead to me like there was there was a moment where he went to like I think hug Luke Shaw and Luke Shaw gave him a very like redundant handshake and then hugged Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right under his nose um, yeah. and I thought that says a lot about 
Mourinho like there are other managers who manage a club and then move away from the club and maintain a level of respect from those players Mourinho just doesn't and I think the same will happen once he comes to leave Tottenham I think yeah. very few Tottenham players other than maybe Jaffet Tanganga are going to have nice things to say about Mourinho yeah yeah I think it's interesting I don't know I think it's really interesting about how how sort of this proceeds my personal opinion is that he he'll win you. I still think he'll win you trophies. Mm. Um, but it's it's a difficult one. It's a di- it's really difficult. It's a difficult um, time. I've put myself in like a Tottenham fan's shoes. Like, how would, must they be feeling right now? Like, this is only a couple years after they... Do you remember, like, for a couple of seasons, Tottenham were, like, constantly second place. Um, They got to the Champions League final. Or they weren't always second place, but they were, like, up there. They never looked like... I don't think they've ever finished second. But Well, okay, no, they, they were always sort of up there. They never looked like title contenders, but they're always yeah. sort of about there for a couple of seasons under Poch. Made it to a Champions League final... As a Tottenham fan, you must be thinking the only, the next step is to challenge for the title. The next step is to like challenge again for the Champions League. Like things should only improve in like every fan's head. Things should only ever improve. No one ever anticipates or hopes for a decline. And Tottenham was just like massively declined considering where they were only two years ago. So as a Tottenham fan you must be sort of really deflated right now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, what I would say to you is that... Slavia um, Prague, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult, it's difficult. It, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Mm. Um, I think if they don't win the Carabao Cup I mean regardless I think Harry Kane's it's difficult for him because the amount of money they're going to want how old he is hmm. it's going to be difficult but what I would say to you is is it wouldn't fully surprise me if he left yeah um, Everton um. I'm going to say something that's you know because obviously oh it's 2-2 oh Harry Kane um, my thoughts on Everton are as well as they're doing now which they are you know they are currently 8th it wouldn't surprise me if they finish 15th next season really? yeah that's an interesting one because again putting myself in Everton shoes as like an Everton fan there must be a feeling of optimism right now in terms of where they were over the past couple of seasons. They've got this um, sort of tier one manager in Carlo Ancelotti. He's done it all. Um, James Rodriguez yeah. is this glamorous player. Even, you know, Ricarlison, Calvert-Lewin's looking and playing like Filippo and Zaghi. Um, they've got a, a nice... A big statement. 
Well, they've got a, a nice squad. There's lots of reasons to sort of be excited as an Everton fan. I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I sort of, again, I have faith in Ancelotti. I yeah, have faith I that he thing, could get him as, you know, a sort of challenging Europa League team. I think the thing you need to realise, though, about Everton is that I don't think they're ever going to be Champions League. And whilst they're not going to be Champions League, any player that plays half decently for them is going to get cherry-picked for someone else, aren't they? Well, I don't know, maybe with this sort of Ancelotti presence, um, there, there might be like a newfound arrogance in Everton where maybe they start to stop letting players get nabbed off them. I don't know if that... I'm just thinking, say, in the summertime, let's say uh, Atletico Madrid come in for a Carlison. I'm only saying yeah. that because it happened on FIFA. Um do Everton say no he's staying at our club we're building something do they have that sort of power to do that I think they I think I think it's a lot of it's player power now I think if a player is reasonably happy then he's okay and I think that may be me sitting on the fence a little bit hmm. if I him I'd probably go and I'd say that purely because I think that you'll get a lot more exposure to Champions League football at Atletico Madrid than you were with Everton. Yeah. And that's where players want to be. Did you hear that? What was that? Oh, it's a little fart. Ah, oh, boom. <laughs> was, it, was it a little wet one? No, it was quite, um, quite dry. Maybe we should analyse that. The, the fart? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Liverpool. Liverpool are temporarily on a fall from grace, but I think it's only temporary. They still have the squad to be a top, 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 top team. I think they're just maybe a little bit tired, a little bit burnt out. Their best player, the player that changed everything for Liverpool has been injured all season. I don't think there's reason to to worry too much beyond the next couple of months. We need a striker. You think so? Yeah. Well, you've got Firmino, Salah, Mane and Jota. No, you need a striker. Why? Because we... If you watch Liverpool games, we, for the majority, can't hit a cow's ass from a banjo. So, I... We have so many shots and... You know, apart from Salah, nobody's scoring. And I think Bobby is a good player and I love Bobby, but I think we need someone that's going to be a goal scorer. There's a, there's a lot of this talk, sort of in the, the wider context. This conversation's come up with Sergio Aguero leaving City as well. Um, I think the modern club, the sort of forward-thinking club, the tactically aware um, don't necessarily play with... I think strikers, like a sort of target man style number nine striker, is becoming extinct slowly amongst these forward-thinking, tactically aware teams. Like, I think it's very telling that for the last couple of seasons, your top goal scorer has been in off the right. No, no, certainly. What I would say to you, though, is Harry Kane is a 
you know, currently has two goals tonight and is what you would class as a traditional number nine. That's because Mourinho isn't the forward-thinking style manager. Okay, one of the most coveted players in the world currently is Erling Haaland. And Lewandowski. They're number nines. I, yeah, I get that. I mean, it still works for most teams. But I guess all I'm trying to say is there's a, a f- few teams where it's not entirely necessary. And Liverpool, over the past couple of years, has been one of those teams. I think that we need someone else to take the burden. Mm. Especially this season, especially watching Liverpool were never, you know, since them front three have come in, and it may be a burnout situation, but since them three have come in and played together, there's never really been an issue in regards to scoring. Mm -hmm. There is now. So I think, and I think if Gini Wijnaldum leads, who I think has been our player of the season, alongside Fabinho, um, leaves and we need to sign a good centre midfielder as well. So what are you saying, Thiago isn't good? No, I'm saying that he's very good, but I think depth. I think Thiago's good, but I think he's in the complete wrong system. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I don't think he should be playing as a six either. I think that should be left to Fabinho and he should be playing a bit more upfield. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, Chelsea. Chelsea will just about make top four, I think, at the expense of, I want to say Leicester, because I actually, I like the idea of West Ham getting into Champions League. I think Chelsea, I think they'll do it because I think they are, tactically they're sound, defensively they're sound. The only thing is, is whether or not the Champions League semi-final is something that they keep their eyes on a little bit too much. Mm. They have surprised me. Um, I don't think some of their transfers from, you know, when I, when I thought about them at the start of the season, I didn't think Werner was going to be any good. Um, and that's proved right. Wait, you didn't think Werner was going to be any good? No. I swear you said him and um, Mitchie Batshuayi are going to be top goal scorers this season. I said he was going to be he was going to be my surprise guy, but I did say Timo Werner would be top goal scorer. But obviously that's made me look like a bit of a dumb. <laughs> so I've gone back on it, like every true pundit. Yeah, well, another player is Kai Havertz at Chelsea, who, for the most part, I was. If he hadn't start to started to show a little bit of form of recent, I would have put him up there with probably one of the biggest flops of the season because of how much they paid for him. But he is starting to show form. And on top of that, he is very, very young. So Chelsea could very much get a good few years out of him over the next few. It'll be interesting. I think, yeah, I guess that maybe... Again, I'm, I'm sort of there's a theme here where I'm sort of fixating on managers. Um, but I, I feel like Thomas Tuchel had the right sort of manager maturity to kind of get the best out of those players who needed an arm around them. Um, and Frank Lampard maybe didn't do that so much when yeah. he was there. Players like, you know, all the new players that came in, like your Timo Werner and your Kai Havertz and your, um, I forgot the guy's name that came from Ajax. 
Uh, Hakim Zayek. Hakim Zayek, yeah. But I, I kind of feel that Tuchel will, will get the best out of these players. Um, and I think, yeah, Chelsea may be a force to be reckoned with come next season as well. Yeah. They do, yeah, they worry me. No, no, it'd be interesting. It'd be real interesting to see when everything gels. I think you're right. I think they'll probably make top four mm. over Leicester because I think Leicester are doing the same thing that they normally do, which is towards the end of the season, 3-4. But we'll get to them. West Ham. West Ham have just... You know, they're those hammers. Yeah. I was looking at their shirt the other day and their shirt sponsor obviously has the sort of crossed hammers. Um, and, you know, Jesse Lingard has done the hammer sign quite a lot in his massive form of scoring goals. Um, and it really reminded me of uh, Black Panther. So yeah. I reckon, if for anyone who remembers Black Panther, they, they have this this thing called vibranium, which gives them special powers. Um, I reckon West Ham have been taking vibranium. You reckon that's what it is? I reckon that's what it is. Um. Yeah, it's it's a sort of the drug hasn't been there hasn't been much research on it, so the FA are unsure whether it's an illegal substance to take uh, or not. So West Ham have just been making the most of it while they can. We can do forever. I said they were going to be good from the start, mate. Did you? You keep saying all this stuff that you said from the start. I swear, everything you said at the start has just been completely the opposite to what's actually happened. I think I, think I actually said that I think West Ham might get renovated. Um, <laughs> I think you did. So, um, but yeah, Jesse Lingard's been pretty pretty crazy, really. But it depends on how long Declan Rice and Michael Antonio are going to be out for. Um, because I think they're going to be two big misses. They've got Newcastle away tomorrow, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. Um, well, not really. I think they'll probably batter them. But well, they they but, should, by know. right should based on the way both of those teams play, West Ham should batter Newcastle. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> but it. <sighs> probably won't end up like that it'll probably end up like a 1-0 West Ham win or something mm-hmm. um, but no they'll get top four I think I think they will I think Jesse Lingard will continue to drive them on forward and then he'll go back to Man United and sit on the bench for Bruno yeah um, go back to Man United and be like yeah I'm, I'm back to prove that I'm worthy and it just won't happen <laughs> uh, Leicester well, as we as we just mentioned, I think Leicester might fall off. They've sort I of think, just bottled it towards the end of the season a little bit. I think if it wasn't for Colette Ian Acho, I think they probably would have gone already. Yeah. I'm He's scoring a few goals at the moment. I'm questioning... Um, like I, I'm a real big fan of James Madison, but little stories I hear here and there make me sort of question his um, professionalism. Well, I've heard... I can't remember where I heard it from, but apparently he's a bit of a dick. Mm. I don't know how true that is, but apparently, yeah, he's a bit of a dick. I mean, there's been a couple of times now that his, like you said, disciplinary reasons, he sort of messed up and he's got so much talent. He doesn't need to be doing that. Well, this is exactly it. This is a, a time where he could be helping his team qualify for the Champions League. He could be on a personal level getting himself into the England squad for the Euros. 
and I just feel like he doesn't realize what is right in front of him. What is there's a massive opportunity right in front of him, and I just feel like he's sort of too. I don't know. His attitude isn't in the right place to sort of to grab it. It's mad. It's absolutely mad. Yeah, um, it's a really weird one, Leicester, because they're obviously like a really good team. You know, like I was saying about Tottenham a couple of seasons ago when Poch was their manager, they're clearly a very good team, but somehow they're never really challenging. They yeah. kind of look like they've got, they're always up there, but there's this imposter syndrome when they're up there. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, we still don't really call them like a top four club, even though they have been for however many years. And they've won the league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Man United. 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 Um, you know, I, I keep thinking, and this is just because it's been a tumultuous, I think that's the word, tumultuous time as a Man United fan. Turbulent is probably a more appropriate word. One of the T words. Um, terrible is probably another. <laughs> but yeah, just because I've, I've become a bit pessimistic with Man United and every game we play, I can't help but feel we'll play better but not win or we'll play worse and just about win. I'm not entirely... And then I, I say that, but then after watching the game at the weekend, I thought, oh my God, we're really good. Watching the game in the Europa League literally last night, I thought, oh my God, Cavani, we're actually really good. Um, so um, I, I don't really know how to answer this because uh, on one hand, I think we're amazing. But on the other hand, I think there's still work to be done in consistency we need to get more consistent maybe yeah we need to replace Cavani if he does go I mean yeah I think you do I think that it was you know it was a decent stroke getting him in he doesn't seem to be doing too bad I think I find you guys quite weird because I still like you I don't really get it I don't really rate you probably as much as what I should. And maybe that's a head over heart type thing. Sorry, a heart over head type thing. Mm. Um, for a second in the league, this, uh, this late on in the season, you can't really argue of it. So I think it's very, in, it'll be sort of intriguing to see what happens. Well, I think what's interesting about Man United is a lot of teams they have like a, we've spoke about this so many times, they have an identity, you kind of know what they're trying to do, players are bought into the club because they fit this system that they have and they have a night. Man United, I feel like, have just loads of really good players um, and there hasn't really been an identity. We just put all the good players on the pitch and eventually they started to work it out amongst themselves. Yeah, like Pogba looks amazing now. Luke Shaw looks amazing now. Um, players are sort of working out how to do it by themselves. I don't really. I feel Solskjaer is not really telling them how to play on the pitch. He's just making them feel good about themselves. He's just liberating yeah. them to express themselves, and that's yeah. the, it's great. It's nice to see happy players, but um, that's probably the whole reason why it's so confusing because you don't. It's hard to identify what they're trying to do. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to work out how you guys would get on if Bruno got injured. Yeah, I think that often. But even at the weekend, like 
Bruno didn't do that. I, I watched the game like with vulture-like hawk eye, like paying attention to every little detail. And Bruno didn't do that much. Pogba was really the talisman in that game. Yeah. And he has been in yeah. in um, the Europa League as well. Albeit we haven't played like, you know, Granada are not that great. But it that gave me hope that even with Bruno out, we've got another player who's sort of attacking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're really good, man. I think second is, as much as it's been a really confusing season, I think being second is probably deservedly so. I think yeah. you're sort of worthy yeah, of that yeah. position. At the end of the day, yeah, I, w- I, I would definitely say to you that if you're second now, you deserve it. Hmm. Um, and City, which, you know, we obviously know they're going to win the league. Quadruple? Um, Is a quadruple on? No, I don't think they win the Champions League. Yeah, I think I think I, I agree with you. I think oh, we spoke on the phone earlier, and I suggested PSG. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, think either PSG or Chelsea will win it. Yeah, Chelsea will be a real surprise. Che- am I right in thinking Chelsea are the only? Oh no, no, actually, Man City are the only team left in the Champions League that are top of their domestic league. Is that correct? Yep. Yep, because PSG is second and Real Madrid is second. And then Chelsea are like fifth, fourth, fifth, yeah. Um, Fifth, yep. That's really interesting. Absolutely madness. But City, incredible. You know, Foden, incredible. I mean, you can't have any of their players in your fantasy football which is annoying because Pep swaps it around like no tomorrow mm. but well that's it they just they keep innovating like I think throughout this season if you listen back to episodes we've put out throughout this season like we there's always been something new to talk about with City like yeah. Zinchenko playing as like an inverted wing back that comes and plays like a deep line playmaker all of a sudden just the way Pep sets up his teams is just incredible like so many I'm sure there must be students around the world who study sports psychology and I don't know, sports tactics, or I don't even know if that's a course, but there are so many case studies that involve Pep Guardiola. He's so forward thinking and innovative. And I hate that I'm just bigging up Man City this much, but they, they are flipping incredible, man. They're they're insane. I watched the, uh, the Champions League this week and Man City are always the better team than Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund haven't had a good season. But there was a bit of hope for Dortmund. You know, Dortmund is like my second favourite team behind United. And Jude Bellingham was playing and I'm really excited about Jude Bellingham. So I was really excited watching this game thinking, come on, Dortmund. And Man City are just, again, how many times have I watched Man City and just had to... You know when your team lose but you still clap because the team you lost to are just that good and you just have to appreciate quality. Yeah, it's just another one. I think that's to it, isn't it? You have to. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, runaway winners and probably will be for the next couple of seasons. Like you said, the innovation of what Pep's bringing is going to be so difficult to stick with them. Yeah, man. Um, I think on that note, mate, I think that's it, isn't it? Unless you've got something. No, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Champions League, but I'm, I'm, we can do like a, a big one in another episode. Um, yeah. Watch I mean, it would be nice to go sort of around 
around the um, top five leagues of Europe as well. Um, just because to be the next one. Yeah, they're they're all really exciting at the moment. I saw like Inter might be winning the Serie A. City. Uh, um, I think is it Lille a top of league? Mm. Uh, they are drawing with Montpellier as it stands. Montpellier are up there. Montpellier have yeah. a flipping lovely stadium. Montpellier are eighth. Oh, you mean Marseille? No, no, no. They're currently drawing. I mean, they're they're playing. Now. Oh, I was about to say. I thought you were drawing at the top of the league. I was thinking, no, we're up. No. yeah. And then obviously you got La Liga with Atletico up there. Barcelona. Uh, Real de Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying Barcelona with a lisp. Yeah, Sevilla. Sevilla, yeah. Granada. Deportivo La Coruña. Melga. I used to love when, it, when I was a kid saying Deportivo La Coruña. Doing all the roles. Oh, mate. Oh. Love it. Love it. Uh, right, that's it. I on, mean. On that note, buenas enjoyed it. noches. No, 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 That was quality. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, man. You too. Bye.